This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. We tell the stories of God's grace around the world through biblical counseling. Your host, Andrew Rogers, sat down with Mark Johnson. Mark has served as a lay elder for over 30 years. In this episode of BC Worldwide, you'll be encouraged to hear the story of Mark's journey into biblical counseling ministry and the current opportunities God has given him. Well, Mark, can you uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm one of the Mark Johnsons in the world. There's <laughs> okay. a, a few of those. Uh, my, my mother thought that was a, a unique name in a town of a thousand people, but uh, both the bank I worked for and the school I went to was a very common name. So, uh, But I, I grew up in... Uh, now, real quick, though. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever tried to quantify it? Uh not, not really a whole lot. Okay. Not, not, I, I've got a, I've got a Marky2.com, which is how I was known at the bank I work for, is Marky2. Uh, there were four Marky e. Johnsons, so I was, I was two of four. Um, it's a, so it's been a unique name the whole time. So. Okay. Good. Um, the, when I, um, I lost the train of the question. <laughs> just yeah, just who, who are you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's who it's, am I? Why am I it's here? It's the question all people are asking. <laughs> indeed. Who am I? Yeah, yeah. So just it, married. I'm married. Yeah. yeah, my wife and I, Kelly, have been married uh, 42 years this last August. Okay. Uh, we have two kids. Uh, my son and his family. One grandson there uh, live in Denver, just outside of Denver. Uh, and my daughter and her husband, and they have two kids. They live in Chicago. Uh, so they've live about 20 minutes from us in the south suburbs of Chicago. Okay. Um, I've been a software architect uh, at a bank in uh, downtown Chicago for 30 years. I uh, retired in 2020. Um, and that'll be more of the story we, we walk through. But um, it's all been part of God's uh, both sovereignty and providence as well. It's been kind of a, a fun journey. And haven't looked back. Haven't been downtown Chicago in, in two and a half years. So um, still keep in touch with a few people here and there. But. At some point, you made a transition. Um, I did. You, you went from software architecture, yeah, to biblical counseling. Yeah, that that journey actually starts in college, forty years ago. Uh, in, in a lot of respects, um, I got saved when I was fifteen uh, in a out of a mainline denomination. Heard the gospel for the first time when I was fifteen. Um, got saved a few months later. Um, when I went to college, I fell in with a, a group of people who looked to mentor me, uh, not just with how do you do daily disciplines? Um, but how do you live Christian life? How do you show hospitality? Um, how do you minister to others? Not because you're part of a body, not just because you're a guy who shows up at church. Um, so two guys I owe a lot of gratitude towards are a guy named Glendale who mentored me spiritually and a guy named Stanley who ment- mentored me physically. Just uh, We'd go to, to uh, church a ways away and he would pay for my lunches beyond what you could ask or think. Um, and it's just that simple hospitality. I thought, that's the kind of people we need to be, is how do we show love to one another? And that kind of has stuck with me for 40-some years. Um, it's like, when I, I have worked as an elder for 30 years in our church uh, now, um, and so when I got got to within a, a launching point of knowing I was going to be retiring, I tried to retire at 62, um, I went back to school at, at Southwestern, got a master's in theological studies there, and um, retired and still wasn't satisfied with where I thought I could end up being. And so I ended up going to Southern, 
seminary, get a bachelor's in biblical counseling there, finish this mass May. Um, and part of that's just the transition of, okay, now we've got you know, a, a, a church of 250 or so. How do we minister to them? Many times we're trying to often um, have someone counseled by someone else because we just don't have enough people inside the church. So how can we start to train our own people and how can we show that love to one another that we really need to as a body? Uh, how can we be part of a community together rather than just people who gather on Sunday? So that journey started, that vision started in college and then carried through in the preparation for getting rid of school. I finished with uh, the master's at Southwestern in 2019 uh, and then um, at uh, Southern in, in 2022. Just getting ready to, how can I help shepherd the people here to help them shepherd others? And, and so it's just, that's, that's really part of my vision in particular. So. So you, uh, but you're part of the um, the ministry. What ministry? It, it's Biblical Counseling Center. That's right. Uh, Ron Austin started that. Okay. Uh, back in the, the mid '80s or so, and again, that's part of the journey as well. Um, when I we were we had just hired uh, our senior pastor now. His name is Bob Bob Crane. Um, uh, Ron stopped by the church and saying, here's a new new pastor in the area and said, um, we have a, a ministry called Biblical Counseling Center. We'd like you to be, we'd like to introduce it to you. And so we, um, Bob got engaged. Uh, we started to have a number of training sessions. Um, Bob ended up serving on the board. Um, Ron was looking, a few years later, Ron was looking for another board member. So I actually served on the board uh, directors there for about eight years or so, even before I was a counselor at all. Um, and that was a fun experience. Uh, Got to be part of the transition of Ron said it's time for me to move along, and I, I Tim, I think would be a great all, all, um, Tim Altshaw would be a great place to, person to come along with that. And so he's got to see that transition happen, and then to see the the growth in the last four or five years explode has it's been phenomenal to watch the Lord provide for that. Again, you see God's sovereignty and providence ahead of time. When you look back, you go, oh yeah, we was preparing that thing journey for you know ten years. It took five years to, to come to fruition, and now it's it's, it's going great. And, so, and, and what's your involvement with the Center for Biblical Counseling? Um, I'm both a counselor. Uh, I counsel uh, day a week down in uh, Cherville, Indiana. Um, I'm also, uh, Tim has invented a, a title called Chief of Staff. It's, uh, I feel like the, the assistant, chief assistant to the assistant chief sometimes. Um, but I, I'm kind of trying to help him craft, what, what's that vision look like on the, on the ground? Who are our stakeholders uh, what do we need to meet from the, the counselees to even the counselors? How do we get them engaged with people they can talk to? Um, how do we get um, how, how do we get the, the staff prepared to meet the ongoing needs that they're going to have? Um, and so it's the practical aspects of that. Things like how do we share resources? And so, on. so Yeah, you talked about, again, having that vision for seeing the body care yeah. for itself. And so how, how have you at... Uh, the Center for Biblical Counseling. How have you guys come alongside and help the church do that? Yeah, they, they several different ways. W one is that the, they often come alongside. We offer training. We offer training for your people to understand what it means to counsel another. Uh, everything from lay counseling you know, introduction to a lay counseling certificate to walking through someone with ACBC certification. So depending on what the need is, the uh, we've got the ability to help train that person along the way and they can then fit in with that church. Um, they offer counseling when the churches don't have the resources or the skill set to, to do that. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the thing that I've always been intrigued with is the partnership. 
they're not looking to be the be the counseling center as if send everybody to us, but how can we get the churches engaged and trained for that, to help them care for their people? They're not, they're not shepherding. If people should be shepherding their own people, long and short. And the, the church's the biblical counseling center is not trying to transplant that, but augment and support that. Um, yeah, so really striving to strengthen the churches. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. And then what is the training process for new counselors that would come through the center? Well, again, it's um, depending on what their need or, or appetite is. Um, we had someone from our church just finish up the lay counseling certificate program. So it's equipping them over the course of a year. Um, and it, it, it'll feed into the ACB process, but it's, uh, it's a, a series of, of training videos and training sessions and essays over the, over the course of a year to help them understand what counseling is. It's, again, it's a, a mirror of what will go on in ACBC. Um, but it just helps them prepare. And if they decide then to go on for ACBC uh, certification, then they're ready, they're pointed in the right direction, so to speak. Um, and, and the counseling center can do that as well. They'll come alongside and, and train for uh, certification also. So now, have you seen the counseling center have a, a very specific effect on your church? Um, we have, and it's been, uh, in the beginning, I would say it was minimal, just because we had one, our senior pastor was trained in, in uh, he's got his MDiv from Masters, had counseling courses there. It wasn't in full-blown uh, uh, status back then. But it's, uh, it's crafted a vision. It, we became busy, uh, biblical counseling friendly, I guess would be the way to put it. Um, people who have an interest in it, they support it, the idea, but not really well-skilled or even well-trained in it. Um, but now as we've um, started to bring things in with uh, me retiring and I can devote some, full t some more time to that in church, uh, we're starting up our own kind of fledgling counseling group. Uh, we've got eight people who just started. We just started this last month. Um, and I'm trying to introduce them slowly to, you have an idea what counseling is and it's not therapy. This is where we, how do you counsel from the scripture? So we're doing some of the observation videos. We're reading um, Jones and um, Robert Jones' new book, uh, Gospel for Disordered Lives. We're going to use that as our kind of background. Um, and then we'll, we'll going to slide them into the, the Biblical Counseling Center on further, further education from that. So it's, it's starting to have it. It planted a seed that's now just starting to grow in fruition. And so, like I say, it started out minimally, but it's, it's starting to grow and get some impetus in that not only just the eight people are behind it, but I got a two or three on my waiting list for next year already. So we're trying to make it organic, not an old rule of apologetics. A, a big bang requires a big banger. And, and and we're not trying to make it to where we're just coming in and hammering biblical counseling, but rather getting, again, the seed planted in people's hearts of this is how we treat one another. And that's really what we're trying to change. So really going after that Ephesians 4 yes. church. Yeah. Speaking yeah. the truth. Yes. And the church builds itself up. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, so <clears throat> I, I would assume that you deal with churches of a variety of sizes, variety of cultures from suburban to downtown, so on and so forth. Inner city. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, as you, how much, I guess, does, do those differences of culture uh, affect uh, what kind of training I guess they should get or even just how they're going to start doing uh, counseling within the church? I, I don't think it, it, it changes it a whole lot in the sense of um, we are counseling, like I say, inner city, uh, suburbs, major churches, small churches. Uh, and it might be one person in a small church and it might be 10 at a, at a, a, a 
you know, mega church. But it's it's really the same approach saying, you know, here's here's what we need to know from a theological perspective. Here's what we know from a practicum perspective. I think I think the approach is, is somewhat the same. It might have a different flavor in terms of how many people you reach, but I think the, the approach is pretty much the same. How do we center upon the word and making that reality that we're making sure we touch people's lives and understanding what their human condition is to order offer the scriptures as a help and getting that that mentality in people's mind. I think it's the same. Tim might disagree with me a little bit, and I don't say that meanly, like we're having a lot of disagreements, but he might, you know, He's he's been doing it certainly much longer than I have. But. So imagine uh, I'm a pastor of 50 people. Yeah. And uh, I really would love to see counseling take place, but... Oh, we just don't, we don't have the resources to start a counseling center. Yeah. What uh, would you say to them? Well, I, I think that's where Biblical Counseling Center has a program called Launch, which will come in and depending on, not depending, it will come in and help you get things started. Um, so they got a pre-can program to, to help people do that. So whether it's two people or 50 people, it, it'll tailor to your needs. We, nothing we have is not customizable, um, but it, we've got something that'll help that person get initiated and where where do we go and what do we do there's a a, a whole set of materials that we'll walk in with uh, to help people go on so if we have two or three gathered and there we, we have and we have a church there we there we are to counsel one another yeah we can counsel one another that's right yeah but then, and that's and I, I i bring that up just because I, I i've heard a lot of times you know people i think sometimes we unintentionally communicate yeah. that if you're going to have counseling in the church you have to have a counseling center or right. a formal counseling ministry. And so then they look at their own church and they look at their own resources and they pretty much determine, well, we don't have what it takes to do that. So we'll just, we keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And it's, it's really coming alongside. And that's why I appreciate so much what you said. And I assumed you were going to go in that direction uh, is to really help them recognize that, you know, ultimately a formal counseling ministry is not the end goal. Right. But it's the people counseling one another, learning how to minister the word of God to one another. Right. And so where two or three are gathered, let's make it happen. Yeah. And I think to, to augment that is where a biblical counseling center can help um, is that you you have someone you can call if I don't know how to handle something. Or I can mm -hmm. call for someone for advice or a case study. Um, I think that's the fun part is, again, I'm going to shoot myself over the foot. We have an affinity for pastors. If pastors need help, we, we actually counsel, we'll counsel pastors and not charge them. Um, we, we want to make sure the pastors and the, the church leaders are helped in their situation, not not view us as a threat, but view us as augmenting their, their team. So I know we didn't plan for any of this. This is, you know, all of a impromptu interview here. But uh, is there a testimony? Do you have a testimony that you could share of how God has worked uh, through another saint through the center? I'm sure you have many. Uh, yeah, and I've, I've been counseling there about a year and a half or so. But it, it's interesting to see you know, just the just the one-off conversations you get with people. I mean, you're counseling them for 50 minutes. But when you start to see them open the eyes and say, I was walking with one individual and uh, we're walking through Ephesians 4. And even before I can read the words, even before I can have them read the words out loud, she gets to the idea that, Oh, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit by what I'm doing? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> it's just very direct. And and I had not uttered a word. And it's it's getting someone ready for that conversation. That's I think the fun part of when you see God work 
through the handling of his word and as well as work through the handling of the relationship because it's a both and right it's if you're just handling the word it, you're the the take two take two verses and call me in the morning guy um but if you're handling a relationship as if this is something we're going to journey together on and they get that sense then they're willing to listen and then they're thinking ahead well where's this going to go um so that that conversation was within the last month um so those are those can be the fun things that occur because you get to again see god work through those to the you know removing the blind you know, blindness from the eyes of god can actually help me in my needs and oh this is my sin this is not just my mistakes or the um the issues i'm having or the I, you know someone violated my boundaries those are important things but i get to see god work through their spirit and that's that's where the fun part comes in yeah that's uh i call it contagious uh you know the aha moments and when you see the word of god Enlightened, illumined by the Holy Spirit of God in somebody's life. Yeah. And and you just watch them get it. Yeah. And they get excited about it. And at the same time, you realize you look at yourself and go, yeah, I didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm glad to have witnessed that. I'm glad to have participated in it. But I did not see that coming. <laughs> do you think a lot of our fellow brothers and sisters are, are missing out in a big way? on what it means to be a believer, what it means to be a follower of Christ when they're not participating in yeah. opening scripture to others? Yeah, I think, I think one, it's, I'll be more firm on that, um, you know, Romans 15, 14, that you are able to admonish one another. You're able to counsel and encourage and strengthen one another. And when we don't use our gifts, we're in violating Romans 15, 14, or we're violating Hebrews 10. When we don't consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds, someone's missing the opportunity for me to share my gift, and I'm missing the opportunity for them to share their gift. And that's part of the opportunity when we're gathered together, God's spirit's in their midst because we're the temple of God. And when we don't use our gifts that way, I'm not offering a spiritual service to the Lord anymore. And that's that's disappointing because we're actually missing the point of the church when we don't consider how to help one another. We're not carrying our burdens with one another. You know, if we're Galatians six again, you know, if someone you know is overtaking a fault, you were spiritual, restore him in a spiritual gentleness and help him carry his burden. And then verse five, in in essence, so that he can help, so he can carry his own burden and turn around and help the other. We're we're not passing on the power of the resurrection that we have built in because we're not showing someone how it gets done. So as an independent counseling center, yeah. you're, you're, you're not the professionals for the church. No. That's not where all the churches need to send, your, send our people. No. But uh, you're there uh, to help the church, to strengthen the church, uh, to provide assistance when assistance is needed, to provide training so that the church itself is going to learn how to be a Romans 15, 14, full of goodness, love and care for one another, sanctification, full of knowledge and able to teach one another. That's exactly it. Yeah, okay. we, we, we look to augment the church. How can we help and what can we do to help? And we'll be imaginative about that. But that's that's the fun part. And so if somebody is interested in learning more about uh, the center, biblicalcounselingcenter.org is our, our website. Um, and uh, someone will get back usually in touch with you within a day. Could you make that website any more complicated? Uh, yes, <laughs> probably, but we also That's make right. it shorter. So. I love it. Yeah. Biblicalcenter.org. Biblicalcounselingcenter.org. All right. You see, I already missed it. <laughs> That's right. That's good. We That's got right. you to repeat it. That's good. I like it. <laughs> That's good. So biblicalcounselingcenter.org. Yeah. Um, I also just, I like to close our time, you know, just asking you in particular, anything in which people could be praying 
Well, a couple things. Um, my wife has some health issues. Um, so just if, you know, as people hear that without going a lot of her issues and what they are, um, you know, there's, there are issues that are some surgeries coming up in a little bit that are, there are issues that are uh, concerning to the heart, but you know, our, we're trusting the Lord for, for his skill, skill set. But also as we, you know, we've, we've brought on uh, like five or six new counselors in the past three or four months. So as we get them up to speed, you know, how can we make sure that they're, they're being trained well by getting them into the, the same passion of how do I help the churches? How do I help people? Anytime you're touching people's lives, you want to make sure you're doing that with, with skill and excellence. And that's what we're about. But we, even as we bring new people on, we've got to do that same attention to detail. So that's, I think, the area. Um, I'm new in my role. Uh, we just started that a little while ago. And so learning how to um, take that vision that Tim has and how do we actually implement that. Um, there's some things I can bring to bear on what I used to do as a software architect because we've got a, a system that needs guidance. And uh, without me saying it's a software system, it's a it's still a system with people and real life concerns. And how do we address those concerns? Um, just think as things change, we always need to make sure the Lord's on our side and that we're on the Lord's side. Um, those those kinds of things are the things that I don't lose sleep over, but those are the things I want to make sure we're doing right. So. Thank you for your ministry. Thanks and, for having me. Yeah, and thanks for taking the time to sit down with me and tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, very good. This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. You can learn more about the stories of God's grace around the world at bcworldwide.org. If you'd like to know more about the ministry of OIC, go to our website at discoveroic.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you would like to receive regular updates on God's grace through biblical counseling, please sign up to be an OIC insider by clicking the pray button on our website. You may also give to the efforts of OIC through our website by clicking the give button. Now, this interview with Mark was done in October 2022 at the ACBC Annual Conference. Well, since then, Mark's wife, Kelly, died. She died on December 26. It was the end of a long and exhausting fight against congestive heart failure. Her and Mark were married for 42 years. They have one son, one daughter, and three grandchildren. So if we could be, please be in prayer for the Johnson family. We'll share with you more about God's grace next time at BC Worldwide.